As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's been a very, very busy year in the world of North American soccer, so to end it, we are doing our now traditional thing, because we've done it twice in a row now, where we ask each of our seven full-time staff writers about their favorite story that they covered this year. Today, Jeff Reuter discusses his column about covering the U.S. men's national team's World Cup qualifier against Honduras, which was played in extreme cold in St. Paul, Minnesota just exactly where you want to be in February for a World Cup qualifier. Jeff, if you can believe it, covered it outside. And he, he, he suffered a little bit, the consequences. He talks about that today. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day. All right, I have our staff writer, Jeff Reuter, here with me. Jeff, you have written all sorts of stories in 2022. You've done a lot of work around the World Cup, a lot of work around MLS. You covered MLS Cup. Uh, You've written a ton of things about the U.S. national team. Um, But at one point, much earlier this year in 2022, uh, Mm -hmm. in February, a beautiful time of year in Minnesota, by the way, uh, the U.S. national team came to you. Uh, at Allianz Field in St. Paul, Minnesota. And you were there for this. And, you know, Jeff, I have to say, I had assumed that everything would be just fine with you attending this game because <laughs> as I believe a born and bred Minnesotan, you would be right. you would be prepared for the extremely frigid conditions to come. However, the piece that you wrote for us that we're talking about today that you named as your favorite of to, that you did in t- 2022 says something a little bit different. The headline kind of indicates where we're going with this. The headline is, I survived the coldest World Cup qualifier in U.S. men's national team history. Uh, Jeff, you did not have a very good time at this game. <laughs> tell me no. tell me about, tell me no. what you wrote about and why you chose this story as your favorite. Well, this was, I mean, I, I know I say in the piece, was it nine layers of clothing on me or ten? Uh, you said ten, <laughs> but I believe. It, ten, that's right, yeah, that that's right there right. in the lead. That sounds right. Because, look, to your point, 
it's a bizarre time of year to be having a game of any kind outdoors in the state of Minnesota. Yeah. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, who never play football in February because they can't get to Super Bowls, but if they did, uh, it would be in an indoor stadium, of course, whenever they get to the conference finals and all of that sort of stuff. Whenever they host Super Bowls, it's indoors. You build stadiums in Minnesota with the elements in mind if you're going to be playing any sort of games in winter. Uh, when the U.S. announced that it would be having its February 2nd, I want to say, qualifier against Honduras played at Allianz Field in St. Paul, Minnesota, it looked incredibly cynical. Um, it looked like an act of just truly, like, it's gamesmanship, but truly on ice. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're actually trying to... Um, put players who are never playing in these conditions from Honduras into a situation where they're going to be set up to fail. And they ended up doing so. There were multiple players who were treated for hypothermia. Goalkeeper pulled at halftime um, for Honduras due to the, the frigidness of the air. Um, and to my surprise, when I arrived at the stadium, I found out that I did not have a space inside of the press box and I did not have a space inside of the uh, kind of auxiliary room indoors, which U.S. soccer had claimed because Allianz Field does have a very small press box, it should be said, right. um, which is just kind of a reality of being an MLS stadium, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and that's a conversation for another day. But um, as a result, I was one of only a couple of reporters who was kicked outside into an open air tent um, to cover a World Cup qualifier. Uh, an elevated, I should clarify, this is on top of the brew hall. So I'm also basically on the second story of a building where there is wind now. It's ah. open side on the other side of the stadium. I don't even think I said this. So there is a direct wind traffic right through me, <laughs> which it did go right through me, um, all the way into Snelling Avenue and University and the Green Line train. So yeah, uh, I picked it because I hope I never have a coverage experience quite like that <laughs> in well, my lifetime, but it was a very unique way to be covering this. Pe people, people in the crowd were identifying that this was going to be a storyline for you very, very early. There's a tweet embedded in the story uh, from somebody named Sean Collins Dipple who took a picture. For, I guess he was sitting just below the brew hall, and he yeah. noticed that he's that you, Jeff Reuter, were the only member of the outdoor media without a winter hat on. Jeff... Come on, man. Do you know what like, sucks? Do you know what sucks about this? I couldn't put this in the piece because I didn't realize it till four days later. Yeah, my hat was slammed in the bottom of my backpack. No, it was there the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, it was there the entire time. So so yeah, <laughs> like I, I feel so. I I do feel some sympathy for you about about this experience. However, I just can't believe that you would have ever gone to this game without a hat on, even if you were only walking between your car and the stadium and expected to be in the press box. I don't know, man. Like I've been to Fargo on, around New Year's Eve. Like I know what it's like there. You go outside and your face freezes instantly. Um, do you think that your experience outside gave you any kind of like additional insight into what the players must have been dealing with considering that they're like, yes, they're moving around, but like yeah. Matt Turner was like, <laughs> was like running laps, running laps and had to be covered yeah. in a blanket during stoppages and everything and looked absolutely miserable uh for most yeah. of that game what what sort of insight do you think that gave you into what the players were dealing with yeah i think it was a bit more accurate now the the it, it's worth reiterating that the field the playing surface at allianz field is heated underneath and part of that okay. is for maintaining grass through the minnesota winter of course ensuring that they don't have to relay the sod every single year but on the flip side of it it does mean that you know the players you would notice this and i never blamed them for a second if a player was injured or just hit 
they would stay on the ground for an extra 20 seconds. And I completely <laughs> understood and respected it. This is like a tried and true house party tactic. If someone has a heated garage in Minnesota, you will sit on the ground. You will look shiverous and say, no, I don't need a chair. Don't worry about it. Someone else can take it. Really, you're just trying to warm up a little bit more. This again, all of this could have been avoided. <laughs> all of this is very ill-advised. But yeah, I do think that it did um, you know, go into the mentality a little bit. You can understand how playing in those conditions, it would be very difficult for you to keep your focus um, on tactical shifts on picking up assignments on rotations on pressing on anticipating where a, rece- a recipient of a pass might be heading you know you're, you're just playing a little bit more singular focus let me get through this 90 minutes of ridiculous cold and then I'm done so I, I think that you know it was a game where if, if I remember right at least two of the goals that the U.S. scored came pretty quickly off of a set piece so it was a case where those sorts of quick moments of play were much more prevalent in terms of creating chances than open play would have been. And I think that that makes complete sense to me as well. Um, they didn't have hot chocolate, yeah. <laughs> so or at least not on the field. So uh, they didn't have that. And and compared to the crowd, obviously, who would have been on the main level in Allianz Field, they didn't have their beer jackets on, um, which I, I think was a, a crucial part of it. I had friends sending me photos where they would set their beer on the concourse stands in two minutes in it was already starting to slush a little bit because it was that cold right um so so there are ways again there are ways that you have to get through it there are ways that you have to focus on it for the fans i think it was just kind of laughing with each other about how are we doing this but at least we're all kind of huddled together in a compressed section um for the players obviously they're not going to have that sort of concentration of a thousand people in a small space trying to keep warm looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. I don't think we're going to see another game quite like that one for a long time at least i hope not uh i I would i would hope i believe the term that was used over and over uh by you and sam and paul and everybody that covered this game in person was a manufactured adversity Uh, it was like completely unnecessary and yeah the u.s won the game but they really didn't need to put the game in that location at that time of year but having said all that um is there anything about the story or your experience covering the game that day that you think that you'll think back on as you continue to cover the league, Minnesota United, the U.S. national team in 2023 or even beyond that? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, and and I know I've talked to you about this and Brooks, um, Peck, my other editor, but I don't think I've actually really talked about this publicly, but but that game actually caused a really difficult start to 2022 for me professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'd been coming off of COVID uh, over the holiday season and had just come around. I think it was mid-January. I was finally back to really starting to work and um, gearing up for that um, international window of World Cup qualifiers. And I'd had brain fog with it. I'd had, you know, I have some chronic lower back issues. And so it aggravated some of those. But that experience in the cold kind of restarted my brain fog. Um, and it, it really took until May 
for me to really start putting pieces together in a way that I'm used to, in a way that the publication, frankly, has become used to me putting pieces together and writing. Um, so it really did impact me a lot <laughs> this yeah. year. It made very difficult. I'm still in occupational therapy, getting my back to 100%. Um, it's it's pretty ridiculous. I, I don't know if U.S. soccer offers hazard pay, um, <laughs> but maybe even if I'm not on their payroll, they should. Uh, but I think that if, if you look at it moving forward, I think it does remind a writer to not only pay attention to what's going on in the field, because I think often the best stories, um, and this is something that we kind of have lost sight of, or we had to lose sight of it for better or for worse during the first year and a half, two years of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, in the sense that you can't see the crowd on a TV broadcast often, except for what they show you. So you'll see the sign, you'll see this one person celebrating, but you don't get a sense of stadium atmosphere. You don't get locker room access after the game where you're able to see what players are really vibing, who controls the music, who's struggling, those quick questions, all of these sorts of things. It was, a, a, you know, I guess not a trial by fire, more of a trial by ice, but, you know, it, it was a sort of remarkable reminder of all of these other factors at play that make covering sports such a joy and can make it such a unique experience from from my perspective of it as a writer to be able to incorporate all of those things. And so then when you go in and you look at covering MLS Cup, as I did in November and, you know, covering some other, you know, getting ready for the World Cup and all these other things those sorts of anecdotes really make a piece stand out. And I think that that's something that The Athletic has tended to do incredibly well over its short history to date. Um, but it is something that was missing during the Zoom era and the the TV broadcast only era of it. So I think that, you know, for better or worse, that was the reintroduction to reminding myself that these sorts of things are important for story. And I think that's also part of why this became my favorite story of the year. Yeah, uh, certainly a very different uh uh, temperature environment than it was for MLS Cup in s- nice, sunny, amazing Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, Jeff, no kidding. Jeff, great work on the story. It'll be linked in the show's description. Look forward to more uh, on location stuff from you in 2023. And uh, I don't know. Happy holidays, man. I'll, I'll see you next year. Sounds great. Thank you so much for listening to the show today and all year long. We'll be back in 2023 with new episodes. Until then, happy soccer to all of you.